Hello everybody. Welcome to my show Bounce Back with Neema Bankar. I'm so excited to tell you that we have a special guest today, a renowned origami artist from New York, Mark Kershenbaum. He is a leading American origami artist. His works have been shown in many museums and shows around the world. He has also had his works published in many books and periodicals. Mark is also an active member of Origami USA, a premier international origami organization. He is currently on the board of directors and manages the production of many of his organization's publications. You can find his books and a sampling of his work on his web page sakuraorigami.com. So, hello and a big welcome to you, Mark. We are so privileged to have you with us today. Oh, thanks, Neva. Thanks for having me. We are keen to hear about your success story. Please tell us whether you have been interested in origami since childhood. Yeah, um, uh, certainly uh, from a young age, uh, around three years old, uh, just doing things and you know, make constructions. And uh, sometimes I would use glue and sometimes you know I would use cutting. Uh, but as I found out more about origami and, and I found out about origami through you know, various places, you know, childhood friends, um, a couple of teachers, and I just learned different things along the way and gradually picked up things and uh, eventually also got a couple of books that helped. The biggest jumpstart was, uh, you know, years later when I was 10 years old, I discovered what is now known as Origami USA, which coincidentally just formed that year. And the reason why that was such a big jump start is because um, it introduced me to other people around the world who were just as passionate as I was. So it just um, fostered a sharing of ideas because I was just kind of in a bubble, just doing stuff on my own. But turns out there were uh, hundreds of other people like me and it was a, a wonderful experience. That's so interesting to know. Now, they say that in origami, one needs to be incredibly organized and obsessively neat. We wish to know exactly what are the basic qualities required to master the art and craft of origami. That, that is interesting. I mean, I guess there are a number of stereotypes like that where people think of origami artists as being incredibly neat and organized, and, and those people do exist. Uh, I mean, I guess those skills are really valuable if you're doing geometric pieces where um, there's a lot of repetitive folding and accuracy is really critical. Um, that being said, I actually don't feel I have that quality. Um, I'm, I do my best to be as neat as possible. I, I do mostly representative uh, works, you know, things like animals and cars and people, whatnot. So if things are a little bit off, it, it kind of adds a little bit of character. Uh, I think, you know, uh, more important qualities, you know, and this applies to a lot of you know, things you might be interested in, you know, just having a uh, passion for something and, and perseverance, two things kind of go together. But if you're really excited about what you're doing and you're willing to put in the hard work, I think that actually is more important than being smart or even accurate and, or even organized about it. It just helps you get through uh, what you're trying to accomplish. I think those, you know, I'm going to stick with, uh, passion and perseverance as the, as the most important uh, traits to have. That's right. Passion has to be there. Mm -hmm. 
know, people are simply fascinated by origami. They love to make origami models, but they have no clue whatsoever, you know, as to how to use them. Could you lend some ideas, please? Oh, so how to use origami? Um, I mean, that's actually one of the, the great things, you know, so I, you know, I've gone to many origami conventions and I mean, what I always find fascinating is that even within, you know, something that seems narrow as origami, there's a, a wide range of, I guess, approaches and, and interests. You know, there's a lot of uh, people in education who are really fascinated about the way origami could help, you know, with motor skill coordination, teaching abstract concepts. Other people really like the sculptural aspects of it because there can be a sculpture aspect to origami. Other people like doing really simple things. Some people like practical origami, you know, making boxes and vases and, and whatnot. Some people like to use even, you know, more, I guess, robust materials like metal and even make full-blown giant sculptures. You know, there's a lot of things you can do. It's where you you know, again, where your passion lies. Okay, so that's really interesting. Mark, uh, please share an incident that has left an indelible mark in your life. Okay, well, I mean, I already mentioned, uh, you know, I guess discovering Origami USA, but perhaps a bigger incident. Um, you know, my life is, you know, consisting of lots of small incremental uh, things that I guess, you know, I kind of grow from. One big one, I guess, is uh, meeting my wife. She's really had a big influence and impact on, I guess, some of the directions I've taken in origami so, and, and other things too, of course. But yeah, she's an artist herself and she just helped me see, you know, some of my strengths and my weaknesses and uh, help play off of those. We would love to hear a few funny humorous incidents of your life. I have to think about, you know, a couple, one that comes to mind. This is actually going back when I was a kid. I think I was in my early teens and I knew ahead of time at one of the origami conventions, a person by the name of David Shaw was teaching a Statue of Liberty. I was very excited about it. And I wanted to learn this model, not, not just because it was, you know, it was a great model, but I wanted to, you know, have as part of this uh, project I was working on for school. And that was one of the key reasons why I was going to this convention to learn that model. And as luck would have it, you know, I was teaching a class and my class conflicted with the Statue of Liberty class, which was, you know, a little upsetting. And so I was teaching my class. As it turned out, I only had one student in the class. And, and that just added, you know, kind of like insult to injury because, and I, I, I felt funny, but I actually told the, the student, I said, if you were not here, I would be able to take this other class, you know, but I'm still happy to teach you. And as it turned out, the reason why he was in my class is because he was the only person who knew how to make this Statue of Liberty, because he was the one who actually helped David Chow, the uh, person who came up with this. Um, he, he's the one who was helping with the paper and the preparation. So he knew how to fold this thing already. And he said, Mark, I'll show you how to do it. He said, actually, I could probably show it to you in 10 minutes. 10, 15 minutes, so we quickly did that. And I was able to uh, complete you know, this, this uh, great model ahead of everyone else. And I got to teach my class. So it was kind of funny that of all the people I, you know, I, I could you know, run across, it was the one who was able to show how to fold this thing. Statue of Liberty, wow, I would love to make that. Yes, it must have been such a hilarious situation. Origami is said to be a stress reliever. It brings peace, joy, and happiness. They say with every crease, you forget your woes. 
What are your views on this? Huh, I wish that were true. So, um, now, now that does happen for some, there is a meditative aspect to origami. Uh, that is certainly true. So, uh, you know, if you're looking at things that involve repetitive, you know, sequences, like let's say, you know, tessellations or geometric things where you're doing the same thing over and over again, there is a meditative aspect to that. But for me, origami, I think of as more fulfilling than fun or, or meditative because it's, it's kind of like solving a, a puzzle or writing a book. I mean, there is work involved, but it's fulfilling work. So I'm actually coming at it from a different uh, angle than a lot of other origami practitioners because I'm actually designing the models, but you know, performing or folding the pieces is a very different kind of process. And, you know, for certain types of origami models where there, you know, there are repetitive sequences that can be meditative. So I can see that. Yes, I have seen your work. Very intricate and so impressive. Thank you. You have had many origami exhibitions and shows in various places. Which of your yes. models in particular have been very popular and which is your favorite model? Yeah, my um, favorite models have, you know, changed throughout the years. I mean, I like to think the latest thing I'm working on is my favorite because that's what I've been excited about. I mean, I, I guess one thing that actually had kind of a little bit of an impact was uh, my teddy bear, which I called Fluffy, which I came out with uh, back in, I think, 1994. So it's a little while back. And that was kind of a, you know, a novelty back then because it was a very intricate, complicated piece that was at the same time cute. And that was one of the very first pieces like that, because usually, I mean, you had, um, you know, cute models that were very simple and complex models that were not so cute. It was all about realism and just the idea that you can actually do some sophisticated folding and have it being cute at the same time was a, I guess, a new way of uh, approaching this type of, I guess you could say it's a new approach for origami. Time is running short, so oh, okay. please say a few words of encouragement to our listeners that would help them to bounce back to normalcy and success. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to diminish, you know, how bad, um, you know, this pandemic has been for some people. I mean, you know, I know some people have either been very sick or, or you know, people have lost family and friends and lost jobs. You know, these are serious things. I mean, that being said, there has been some good that has come out of this. You know, the idea that this, this podcast, I mean, even though this was possible years ago, the pandemic kind of jump-started, you know, the mindset that this is a way of connecting with people. And I think this is fantastic. I mean, on a weekly or sometimes semi-weekly basis, I meet origami friends from around the world via Zoom. And yes, again, this was possible before, but it kind of put it in a position where we are more likely to do this. And it's something I look forward to. Now, for my day job, I'm actually going to be working from home, which gives me, you know, more time and flexibility to do origami for that matter. You know, so there, there has been some positives. And if you take advantage of these positives and appreciate them, it's going to help you get through and I guess jump back uh, to uh, where you need to be. Yes, that's true. The virus has really made this really very popular, I should say. I thank you very much, sir, for thank sparing you. some time with us and giving us an insight into this creative art. I'm sure our listeners feel truly grateful and happy to have listened to you. Thanks, Nima, for having me. Dear listeners, I'm sure you are happy to hear Mark. Let me just emphasize, if you are undergoing a low phase 
do connect with people it will make you feel better the conversation was chiefly on origami as a stress reliever you may try it out too and remember what the expert said all you need is passion and perseverance if you like this episode then please tune in again on the 3rd of next month for another inspiring talk on bounce back with nima mankar